Hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Well, I have some wonderful news today. We're going to talk about testing your thoughts. And what does it mean by testing your thoughts? And hopefully, after recording six different times, this hopefully would work. I'm sorry, but it's interesting that you got to love technology in this day and age. Because I've tested this not once, but six different times. And it seems like I can't really do very good on my computer. So we'll see how this works. You got to love it. It's got a love-hate relationship. Technology is good at times. So let's start off with talking about testing your thoughts. And if you have your Bibles open, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. But before we start, but before we read and uh, hear what God has to say for us, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just be here in reverence of you, Lord. And we are so blessed to be in your presence. May you guide us and protect us as we are as we continue the journey that you have set before us, so that when we cross the finish line, O oh Lord, we can run into your arms, and we can hear you say to us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, Amen and Amen. So if you have your Bibles open, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And it states, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Amen and amen. So what does it mean by testing our thoughts? You know, one one individual comes to mind in his quote, which is, uh, Stephen Furtick, and he states, The thoughts you keep in a loop determine the direction of your life. Now, what does that mean to you? The thoughts you keep in a loop determine the direction of your life. For me, that represents, you know, if I have negative thoughts, if I have thoughts that are not you know, that are meant to deteriorate me and undermine my walk with God, I would sometimes think not the healthy thoughts. And so those thoughts can break me down. And so if I think of those thoughts, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go anywhere. It only means that my walk is going to be hindered and I'm going to struggle each and every day as a child of the most living God. So I'm going to change those negative thoughts into positive thoughts, into thoughts that are going to be obedient unto God. And those thoughts that are going to be ambitious thoughts in pursuant of a love relationship with God. So with this in mind, I've come up with eight different kind of strategies to kind of test your thoughts. And what does it mean by testing your thoughts? And... If you read Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it's going to come out of those thoughts. For instance, it's great to test as to whether we should think about something. The verse tells us to think of things that are true, 
noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. But before we start that, I want to read you a stance that, you know, experts have uh, believed. And it states, um, in an average day, we think over, we have different thoughts between 60,000 and 80,000 thoughts per day. Per hour, we have about 2,500 to 3,300. And per minute, we have about 42 thoughts per minute. And give or take 45. Now, I've done my research, and I've done exactly if we were to be 2,500, and it'd be 41.6666666679. But I rounded up to the nearest whole number, so it'd be about 42. So when you look at testing your thoughts, there's eight categories. And we're going to go by one. We're going to break down each of those eight categories. So number one, are they true thoughts? The thoughts that you think about, are they true? Now, if you think about thoughts that are false, which is, oh, I feel like I'm so lonely in this world, or the mistake that I've made is is, uh, too bad for God to be forgiven, or I'm not loved enough, you know, those are false. Because no matter the mistakes that you make, no matter the mistakes that are bad, God still loves you and he cares for you. And if you feel like you're lonely, you're not. Those are also false thoughts. And I just can tell you that I will be praying for you if you, if we continue or if you uh, can't break that cycle because you are loved. And God loves you so much. So those are truth. So half of those thoughts that are negative are completely false. But what are true thoughts is God loves you. So we have to live like it. Noble. We are considered the children of the Most High God and the, and the children of a king, which is God and Jesus, which is the same person. Now, when most of us think of noble, we think of royalty. We are of royalty because when we pass away, we're going to be, in, we're going to be perfect and we're going to be in front of our king that we're going to worship each and every day in the land in heaven. Where it's not going to be, where there's not going to be any tears, pain, suffering. So the question then is, how do we act like it? You know, a lot of us think that well, we got to act all high and mighty, and that's what puts a bad stigma on the Christian faith. But what do those people think when they're being martyred for their faith, when they're being persecuted? It's interesting. That's an interesting thing. If they're high and noble, and you know, um, a lot of people are thinking that um, when Jesus was being crucified, and he said that he was um, the noble, he was a noble one, and that he was a king of the the most, uh, the king of the Jews per se. So they crowned him with the thorns, and I think about, man, how can anybody do that and mock him? But then he was rightly, and then he was rightly uh, justified when he paid for our sins. So it's interesting. That's a noble thought. It's our thoughts noble. Right. So many people want to be right, but we're never right. 
but the one who is never wrong. But often we don't allow that desire of being right to permeate our thoughts. Thinking right thoughts means allowing accuracy and appropriateness to guide us. And it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to say, you know what, I don't know what's right. You know what, but I'll get back to you. That's what it means to be, it's okay to be wrong. Because to be wrong is to be right. And that you're being justified by saying, you know what, I'll come back to you. Because I don't know what you're, I don't know what the subject and matter at hand. But I'm going to do my research so I do know. And it's our thoughts pure. To be pure in heart and thought is not as difficult as it seems. It simply means choosing to think on ethical, good, upright, and honest things. Is our thoughts and our minds pure? I look back when kids are, when Adam and Eve, before they ate of the forbidden fruit, I think that they're pure in, pure in mind and pure in heart because they weren't afraid of their nakedness until their innocence was taken away from them because of sin and their minds were not pure anymore. And that's why I think of when I think of pure and lovely. What word comes in mind when you think of lovely? I want you to think about that. To me, what the word means lovely is when I'm flying or traveling and I look out the window and I see a beautiful sunset. How beautiful is that? That you just see all the layers of the sky, the sun setting, and you see the art and the majesticness of God's hand. And all you can do is just say the word lovely, the beauty, the nature. And another one that comes in mind is, um, I was at camp this summer. I was working there and I took some time to go stargazing at nighttime. And in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of like a plain field that is completely dark, and where you get to hear the nature, the loveliness of nature, the crickets, the frogs, the fish, and the water just crashing against the shoreline. And I look out upon the stars, upon the lake, and look up. And every two minutes or so, there'd be shooting stars. And I was moved by tears to say, man, God is awesome. How awesome is he? Hmm. I'm getting goosebumps because that is God's hand at work. So admirable. It's okay to be admired. I accidentally admired. But we shouldn't be pursuant of being admired on purpose. We shouldn't be having thoughts of what can I do for people to be admired so I can be admired by. For instance, when I was young, I would take photos of me uh, giving to the church and I would post on social media. Or I would also take pictures of giving to the homeless, giving food or praying to the homeless. And I would ask somebody, hey, can you take a picture of me doing this? And I would read the comments and they're like, oh, you're doing a great job. And all I was looking for was being admired. But I knew that wasn't a right thought. That was a very toxic thought. Because I wasn't truly being, anyway, I was being admired, but I wasn't being admired by God. 
So now when I think of being admired, I think of being accidentally admired. And when we and when people do recognize of our good works, we should be in humility and thinking, no, it's because of we're commanded to by God. And all we're doing is just obeying his rules. Excellent thoughts. The best of the best is what excellent is. When our thoughts are excellent, they are superb, exponential, fabulous. Excellent thoughts lead us to live excellent lives. Excellent thoughts lead us to live excellent lives. What does it mean to live uh, excellent lives? It means living in obedience, living in a reverence of God's command, living in a mindset that we are going to be obedient unto God's commandments, living a mindset where God sent his son to die on the cross and that we're going to be we're going to eventually pay the price and that's by crossing the finish line and we're going to um, cross we're going to face death and it's to live in excitement and to live in an excellent life knowing that as followers of Christ we're going to be made perfect we're going to wait until we cross. We're going to wait till that judgment day when God says, you know what? You're welcome to uh, cross that finish line. We get to go in the excellent world, which is called heaven. Worthy of praise is the last and final thought of the eight-part series or the, uh, the eight-part bullet point of having a truthful thoughts. Worthy of praise what is worthy of praise when it comes to mind? For me, I'm not married or I don't have kids. So I don't know what it's like. But what I do know is when individuals do have kids, if you have kids or if you have, um, if you're married or if you're a grandmother or grandparent, I'm sure that when you look back on your life, you're thinking, man, that is worthy of praise. Having kids is a worthy of praise because you see the majesticness of God's hand. Especially if you're a mother and you carry that child and you see that over the nine months, you see how that, two, that one cell becomes a kid. And that one cell becomes a beautiful living being. And then you get to see, and that when you look in the eyes and you just are tearing up of a newborn, and you're thinking, man, you just give worthy of praise. You just praise God for allowing that happen to you. And when they grow up and you see their accomplishments and then you see the best part is when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and they start that journey. And then that is a worthy of praise as well. And another one is for listeners, for anyone that's listening, if you don't have kids or if you're not married and you accept Jesus Christ when it doesn't matter what stage of your life and you see the changes that happen in your life from the life that you used to live to the life that you live now that's a worthy of praise as well I, I give praise to that in my life as well with this in mind we're going to end it with a word of prayer dear Heavenly Father we thank you Lord for bringing us together we thank you that you are a sovereign God we thank you that you are a merciful Father who loves your children Lord 
a father that cares for us, that wants what's best for us. Lord, as we took a, um, the Philippians 4, 8, we broke it down to eight categories. True, noble, excellent, praiseworthy, lovely, admirable, um, admirable, um, noble, right. Help us to change those thoughts to being godly thoughts, all godly, true godly thoughts. We just pray for bringing that innocence back with the pureness, Lord. That this world is decrepit and that we are opened up to a, a sinful mind. So I pray that we just pray for a mind of pureness and a mind of innocence. Somewhat of an innocence. Lord, because you are a sovereign God. May you give us the strength and the energy to continue the path that you have set before us so that when we cross the finish line, O oh Lord, we can run into your arms and we, we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So on Thursday and Friday, I'm going to be blessed to have Pam Stunzel join us on Remember God Loves You and I'll meet you at the finish line for a two-part series, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. So join me. And I hope you guys have a, a fantastic day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. And have a blessed day. Bye.